Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Here's Nylander in the Oilers zone. Sharp angle. Shot. He scores! Here's Seabrook. Great circle. Fires. He scores! Oh, he's leveled by Andrew Shaw with a thunderous check. Here's a loose bucket from the score! It's on! Shoot! He scores! The cat connects with a one-timer. It's time for another episode of Blackhawks Crazy. Presented by FanList. Keith will move it ahead to Shaw. To Doc over the Sabre line down the left. He scores! Herbie Doc! Here's Doc with the back and he scores! Herbie Doc! The first two-goal night of Herbie Doc's career. Chris Bowden and Joe Brand break down the latest storylines surrounding your favorite Chicago hockey team. Each game I'm getting better and pushing myself to strive to be better. That's hockey, baby! Here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand. Hi, everyone. Happy 2020 and happy first Blackhawks Crazy podcast of 2020. Sponsored by FanList, I'm Chris Bowden, joining you after the Blackhawks 4-2 victory over the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday night, the opener of a four-game homestand. Flying solo, flying solo this time because congratulations to my partner, Joe Brand, who got married on Saturday night to Allison. Our best wishes to them. We're very happy for them, and hopefully it was uh, the best night of Joe's and Allison's life. Here moving forward, uh, congratulations to them. So we're going to grant Joe a little bit of a break here on his wedding weekend and and fly solo with you. But uh, you'll hear from Troy Murray here in just a second as well as some player reaction following this 4-2 win over the Detroit Red Wings. In addition, we'll also hear from Dennis Gilbert. Had a chance to catch up with him uh, probably a couple weeks ago at this point, but just talking about his role here with the Blackhawks since he has been brought up, the job that he has done, and uh, moving forward, uh, what his uh, hopes are to be a member of the Blackhawks long-term. Blackhawks Crazy Podcast is sponsored by FanList. FanList is the best platform for season ticket holders to sell their tickets. Are you a Blackhawks season ticket holder who sells multiple games? Get over to FanList.com slash BlackhawksCrazy, spelled F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com. FanList partners with multiple ticket marketplaces and lists tickets for sale across all marketplaces all at once. Sites like StubHub, Vivid Seats, SeatGeek, GameTime, and many more, and they do all the work. Multiple marketplaces will increase your ticket exposure, causing tickets to sell faster and for higher prices. Plus, FanList is free to use. Registration and listing tickets are free, and when tickets sell, FanList charges the industry standard 15% of the final sale price. It's the same rate that all those major marketplaces charge. There are no hidden costs or added fees to use FanList. It's the best way for you as a season ticket holder to sell your tickets. Go to FanList.com slash BlackhawksCrazy to receive a $20 bonus on your first sale. F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com slash Blackhawks crazy. Thanks to FanList for being our presenting sponsor. So, took a little blood, sweat, and tears as the Blackhawks. We almost had a flashback, it seemed, for a while to um, their uh, second to most recent home game, that one before the Christmas break, in which they welcomed the second worst team in the league from a points standpoint. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, and all they did after building some momentum after a positive road trip was to lose to the Devils 7-1. They sat on that for three days, came back for a victory against the Islanders, then went on the road and had themselves 
a uh, fairly impressive two and one trip. Probably felt like they left a little something on that table in that seven five loss to Vancouver. So the return home here on Sunday night against the Detroit Red Wings, who come in a miserable ten twenty nine and three. 23 points were 13 lower than the next lowest point total in the league. But what do the Blackhawks do? They fall behind 2 nothing. And I don't know if it was as much a case of effort or not wanting it in the first period. It was a case of a little bit of bad luck. They get an early power play. Patrick Kane, I think, double doinks against the post on the, at the very end of that power play. Detroit gets one right after that, and they manage to score and break an over 14 drought. And then they score another on a, a crazy bounce deflection in front of the net, and all of a sudden you can kind of sense that the Blackhawks, knowing this is such an important four-game homestand here, maybe squeezing the sticks a little bit. But the effort continued in the second period, and finally they're able to break through with the goals by Strom, and finally one from Dylan Sakura to tie the game. 45 seconds apart, those two goals came for Sakura, his first NHL goal in his 44th game. And then the 24-and-under crowd continued by lighting the lamp. Adam Boquist, the eventual game winner, about nine minutes into that third period. And then Dominic Kubelik, his 12th of the year, the icing on the cake into an empty net, sealing the 4-2 victory. So uh, without Joe here, we've decided to reflect back on this uh, performance by revisiting our post-game visit with Troy Murray. And we were joined off the top of the show by Dominic Kubelik, as, as we mentioned, uh, scored that 12th goal. And by the way, Kubelik now, over the course of the last eight games, four goals, five assists, nine points, and now has, as we said, 12 goals on the year. Uh, really starting to come alive as he uh, matures into his NHL game. And the first question I asked Dominique was uh, kind of sweating through this matchup against the Detroit Red Wings, knowing what happened against New Jersey a couple of uh, weeks ago and managing to overcome uh, probably a little bit of pressing in this game as Detroit eventually took a 2-1 lead that the Blackhawks would overcome. Yeah, I think uh, uh, right away from the start, uh, we knew it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough game. Obviously, uh, no, uh, no easy game in this league. So, so uh, we tried to make a, uh, a good start, but uh, uh, didn't work that well, I would say. But uh, I think that uh, wasn't that bad. I mean, uh, they scored uh, two goals, but uh, I think uh, uh, we were pretty good. Uh, just didn't score. So uh, I'm really happy that we came back. Troy Murray's up in the broadcast booth. He has some questions for you as well. Yeah, Dominic, I, I agree. You guys hit a post, a crossbar in the first period. They scored a power play goal and then got a, a lucky redirect in the high slot area by Glenn Denning. Uh, but overall, you guys battle hard in this game. And, and you look at your opportunities. You had your goal, a couple uh, plus two in this one, three shots on goal, had four hits in this one. Um, but I want to go back to the breakaway. Eye contact with Duncan Keith, perfect pass by him. You're heading in all alone. Did you have a thought in your mind that you were going to go to the deep before you uh, got across the, the blue line? Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like always, there is a, a loose puck, and uh, I'm trying to like hope, hope, and uh, our defenseman is going to get it. I'm trying to a little cheat, you know, to be in the breakaway. So, <laughs> so oh, I'm really happy it worked. But uh, I tried my uh, kind of like my move. Uh, uh, I think I didn't do it like. Uh, good so uh, he wasn't anyway. sure he made the save he he did not you know he wasn't sure that he that puck didn't squeak through i wasn't sure too <laughs> <laughs> well he was right you were wrong <laughs> yeah, exactly. well you still end up with goal number 12 of the year and another thing i, I kind of noticed here on the stat sheet and granted you know you go to build from building to building um yeah you know you, you don't know what you're going to find out on on some of these columns here on the stat sheet here but i see 
you totaled 29 hits over the last couple periods. And, and you're one of the forwards very quietly who has been among the league leaders or the team leaders on this team in terms of physicality, the number of hits, and how much, how much of that was a part, something uh, you, know, you guys made it a point to in order to try and change momentum in this game. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, it brings lots of energy, you know, for the boys uh, when something happens like that, when when you get like a big hit or uh, when you're finishing your checks, and uh, even brings me the uh, the energy, you know, because sometimes uh, there's some shifts when you're just, you know, kind of like skating, uh, doing kind of nothing, you know, because the puck is going the, the other way. So you're just trying to do something what uh, is going to make you feel better and what's going to make uh, feel like everybody better. So, so yeah, I think it's part of my game. So uh, I'm really happy that uh, it's working. Well, you're talking about uh, something that can spark the team, get some energy in it. How about Dylan Secura getting his first goal in the National Hockey League? It's been a long time coming. He's worked hard. Uh, I thought the last three games he's played extremely well. He had a couple assists in, in Calgary, had some chances in, in Vancouver. How happy were you guys for Dylan Secura to be able to tie the, the game up at the end of the second period? Very happy, very happy for sure. You know, uh, always when somebody scores the first goal, it's uh, it's always something special. So really happy for him, and I think, uh, like you said, he he deserved it. So so really happy that uh, that he scored his one, and uh, hopefully it's gonna uh, it's gonna keep going. Well, you scored your first NHL goal in your second NHL game here in, in the home opener. Can you even imagine? The, the mental battle you have to go through. This was his 44th NHL game, covered a span of three seasons now. Can, can you imagine, you know, uh, the difficulty of just trying to get over that mental hurdle? And, and he had himself a wide-open net right there yeah. on that rebound, too. I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't believe he's going to score that <laughs> one. But no, I mean, uh, obviously, like, after uh, a couple of games, you know, you don't want to think about it, but... Uh, I think uh, it, it's like for the forwards, it's always tough when you're done producing. You're just uh, trying to b- battle through, trying to get the uh, bounce on your on your stick. But uh, sometimes, you know, it's not working. So uh, I'm really happy that the bounce uh, went uh, right away on the stick. It was a backdoor. Uh, so really happy for him. And uh, I think uh, he deserved it for sure. You look at the successful road trip. Uh, the Vancouver game was a wild and crazy one, but two out of three uh, victories on that road trip. You come back in, and you know how important uh, this four-game home stretch is. You guys have been 500 all season long at the United Center. What do you guys need to do con- to continue uh, to play well and get some victories here at the United Center? I think we're playing uh, p- pretty well on the road. We just need to bring that, uh, you know, urgency, uh, that uh, confidence. What we got on the road, you know, to be patient, uh, stick with the game plan. What we got. So, so, uh, and I think today uh, we were we were patient. We're uh, battling hard, and uh, uh, it turned to, the, to our way. So, so uh, I think that's the way what we need to play, and and uh, we're really excited for the next game at home. A couple more from each of us, and we'll uh, cut you loose. And we appreciate you spending some time here with us. First time here, uh, playing playing in the league as as a rookie. Do you pay much attention to the standings this early in the season? I mean, it, it, there has to be a certain. If you do glance at them, there has to be a certain level of frustration. This Minnesota Calgary game today goes to overtime. It's another three point game where teams in front of you are at least gaining one. Uh, how how frustrating does that get? If you pay much attention to it, you try to block it out and. I'd imagine whatever it is, it adds to the urgency here from this game on moving forward. Yeah, we're just uh, going uh, game by day, uh, game game by game, you know, uh, because we know 
that uh, uh, if we're going to be successful, uh, if we're going to do the right things, uh, what we did uh, last uh, last couple of games, it's going to bring us uh, the points we need. You know, so we just we just need to stay uh, stay with it. And uh, I mean, I'm not a uh, like personally, I'm not a guy who's looking at standings like in the middle of the season because still still uh, lots of games in, in front of us. But uh, obviously, we're, we know where we at. You know, so uh, we just got to battle uh, battle and uh, believe that we're going to make it. Dominic, I, I look at this team, and, and um, you know they, they, the the ability to score goals is there. Jeremy Carlson, after the the Vancouver game, says we have to find ways to tighten it up defensively if we want to be consistent and able to win some games and, and put a string together here. What is he talking about of what you guys need to do better defensively? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, especially like for us for the forwards, I think we're doing a uh, good job in the in the offensive zone, but uh, sometimes we're we're not covering back, you know. Uh, we just need to stay above their uh, their forwards, you know, to have numbers back, and uh, don't don't give them those uh, admin rushes. Uh, in you know every game, there's uh, there's uh, so many of those. So that's that's what we're trying to so trying to protect, and we know we're gonna score. We just uh, we just gotta uh, take care of the D zone, and and uh, that's I think uh, one of the biggest things. Great stuff. I appreciate you stopping by. I, before I let you go, uh, an interview with you wouldn't be complete unless I asked you about the toughest Chihuahua in all of Chicago. How's Rocky doing? How's Rocky, Rocky's doing great. He's you know he's over the building, so he's, uh, he's he's doing great. He's he's getting bigger and stronger, so that's good. A lot of, a lot of Chicago steaks or deep dish pizza you're oh, feeding yeah, them. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, actually, you got to be on a training program, Dominic. Thanks for doing this. Thank we you. appreciate it. Congratulations on the win, Dominic Kubalik joining us here after the Blackhawks' four-two victory over the Detroit Red Wings. He sealed the deal with his empty net goal, his twelfth of the year. Got to ask about Rocky, the Chihuahua, the toughest Chihuahua in all of Chicago. Um, <laughs> But, Troy, as we move forward here, just a, just a nice, easy walk-in-the-park win here against the, the, the league's quote-unquote worst team by point total, huh? Well, you know what? I, I think that what we were talking about uh, after the first period really kind of came into effect here where, you know, the Blackhawks had a little bit more urgency in, in their game. And, and I'm not being, and I don't want to be disrespectful to Detroit, um, but you know what I mean? They don't have the depth, and some of their veteran players that they brought in just haven't had good seasons. Some of their aging veterans that they have on the roster uh, have been disappointing this season. Advocator, I've loved the way that he's played for the Red Wings. Um, you know, this was a 26th game, and he's got no goals, and, and he needs to be a guy uh, that, and he's got good leadership skills. But Franz Nielsen, one goal on the season, I mean, fourth year of a six-year deal where he's making over five million dollars those aren't numbers that you're looking for phil Pula was brought in uh, for one year i think one year whatever it is um maybe it's two years but you know he's only had three goals on the season so the impact of some of the veteran players that they thought would would help out some of the younger guys just really kind of hasn't come to fruition and i think teams look at it and they they see where detroit is on the standings and they don't go into the game as intense or prepared as they should but after you realize how hard detroit works you have to elevate your game and i think that that's what you saw in this game tonight once the blackhawks started to get some momentum started to find their energy in their game uh, detroit started to scramble around and they had some issues and the blackhawks were able to score those two goals uh, at the sec in the second period and then control the game in, in the third period I think that for Detroit, it's frustrating because they are working hard. I think for their head coach, Jeff Blaschel, it's disappointing. And this is fifth season as the head coach that he's not getting better results out of the effort that he has. But the, the reality is, is, is they just don't have the higher level skill 
uh, on their roster that they did. And they're dealing with some major injuries. Uh, DeKaiser on the defensive, Mantha, Athanasiu is a a very fast player as well. So they've had some injury issues, and you can't make excuses because we talked about that. But the ability for the Blackhawks to start to raise their intensity, to raise their emotion, finally separated themselves from the Red Wings. And I think that's basically what you've seen all season long when John was talking about their first period numbers compared to second and third. Uh, Nowhere in comparison, because teams understand that, hey, listen, this team works hard. They're for real. You know, if we don't compete and if we don't work hard for 60 minutes, um, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. And and that's where Detroit is. And that's where the Blackhawks, I thought, did a good job of keeping with it making sure that uh, they they did everything that they could, waiting for that one opportunity. And the game of hockey is taking advantage of the opportunities, the breaks when they arise. And uh, the Blackhawks got a real good effort by Alex to bring it, to get in behind the net, set up Dylan Strom, who rang one off the post. And then everything started to fall in together. And I think for Detroit, as we talked about, once you planted that seed of, oh, here we go again, um, they started to panic a little bit. They didn't execute like they did in the first period, and that gave the Blackhawks more rhythm and had them on their toes and, and the Red Wings on their heels. I think we've seen a little bit different Dylan Sakura since given this second chance after, what did he say, eight, nine games or so. Uh, seems, to, seems to be at a different level right now, and you hope that that takes another step after finally getting the uh, 800, 1,000, 1,200-pound gorilla off his back here tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he's a good kid, and... and you know what? There was a lot of pressure on him uh, when he came out of Northeastern. Everybody was talking about Dylan Secura and signing, signing, signing Secura was was a you know a big thing that they did, and it's just not that simple to step in. Some guys can do it at a younger age. Some guys, um, you know, have that ability. And and for Dylan to go through the struggles uh, to come up at the end of the season, and then not produced the way that he was hoping to, then spend some time in the American Hockey League, get an opportunity, be sent back down. Now, it's a learning curve, and he's learning to to play at this level. It's not as simple as people think it is. Oh, you know what? You can just come out and do it. There's a, there's a big learning curve, and even times when you're looking at it, he's maybe sometimes better off being here and sitting out because he's a part of it. He understands. He sees uh, how hard a guy like Duncan Keith or Patrick Kane works. And I think that when Jeremy put him back in, when uh, Nylander had some, you know, some inconsistency in his game, and Jeremy said, you know, he needs to step up. The, the game against Calgary, he was great in that game. That was mm-hmm. his best game in the NHL. He had a couple of assists in that one. I thought he set up uh, some really nice plays, made some nice plays in, in Vancouver, didn't get any points out of it. But you, you see the progression of maybe something that you didn't see when he first came up there. And, and that's a sign of a player just, you know, figuring out what it takes to play. And he knows that he can't have inconsistency in his shifts, inconsistency in his games. And I think that he had that at the beginning. Alex Nylander, three years younger at 21, is still going through those issues. And hopefully for both of those players, um, when they have the opportunity to be playing, uh, that those inconsistencies are, are taken out of their game. It's not going to be perfect, but at the same time, when you see the same kind of things happening. Uh, and, and the one thing that I'm liking from Dylan Secura's game is his ability to play away from the puck. He's tracking the puck much better. He's more tenacious on the forecheck. He's making plays with more confidence when he has the puck. Uh, and those are all things that, that you can look at and see from up here and, and understand that the progression is heading in the right direction. 
From the uh, from the younger kids, as we wrap up here, to the uh, 35-year-old goaltender who had uh, played just uh, 30 minutes of action over the course of the last seven games, had lost his last four decisions. His last win came uh, a month ago on uh, Monday uh, against New Jersey in that shootout victory there. Corey Crawford gets the net back. And for all intents and purposes, yeah, you, you want to get into the game, take a couple of shots there. I don't know if there's anything Corey could have done on either of those goals. And uh, uh, this this was a night uh, a nice restart for for Corey. We still don't know, you know, what Robin's uh, situation is going to be with how long he's been out. But uh, Corey, for him to get this one under his belt is really nice. Yeah, and I, I think that for the Blackhawks, uh, you know, if you if you look at the special teams in this one, they had an early opportunity, didn't uh, generate a whole lot. Patrick Kane did hit the post late in that power play. Um, and then Detroit coming right back. And Zadina, who was the third star of the game, man, he just lasered one right up into the top corner. Corey, I think, was surprised because that shot was just perfect. There wasn't any room for air. Uh, just found that little crook of the net just above the, the left shoulder of Corey Crawford. And then there's nothing you can do on the second one. And all of a sudden, Detroit's up 2 nothing. You feel for Corey because really not nothing you can do on those first two. But after that, he was really solid. He, he did an excellent job. I thought that his ability to play the puck and be an effective uh, extra defenseman back there uh, was a big factor in this game. I, I, I'm really happy for Corey. And, you know, we knew that Corey would would come in, and we would hope that he would have the strong game the way that he did because he's a quality guy. He's a great goaltender. He's won a Stanley Cup. And it's not easy for him to sit back and watch Robin Leonard, but Leonard was the hot goaltender at that time. So, you know, Corey has got the net right now. We don't know, as you said, how the condition is of Robin Leonard is moving forward. Uh, but this is a real big step for Corey Crawford and his confidence knowing that, hey, listen, I, I can get the job done. He said uh, earlier yesterday, I think after practice, that I still have a lot of confidence that I can be a big factor in, in this team. And, and he was tonight. And he faced just 21 shots on goal, a walk in the park, Troy. <laughs> When the game was 2 nothing, he made yeah. some big saves, and, and that's really ones. important. I mean, you know, you, you looked what happened in the game against New Jersey, and, and he wasn't able to come up, and he was the first guy to admit it. I, I need to come up with that big save at the right time. When the score was 2 nothing, he came up with a couple mm-hmm. big saves, and, you know, you never know if one of those goes in, and, and all of a sudden the confidence of the group in front of him or the confidence of him drops a little bit. Uh, you might be in a position where, you, you know, now the, the score gets away from you. So he did an excellent job of being down 2 nothing, but not getting sidetracked in what he needed to do. Continuing now about Corey Crawford. You, you heard some of the numbers there, just uh, 30 minutes of playing time over the last seven games. Don't know what Robin Leonard's situation is as, uh, you know, we had to do a practice Monday, another game on Tuesday against the Calgary Flames here. What we can tell you, uh, last we heard as we record this, is Jeremy says they're still evaluating the severity of the injury. He's listed as day-to-day. But we have seen Robin uh, leaving the locker room after both Saturday's practice and after Sunday's morning skate and uh, wasn't showing any type of noticeable limp, uh, wasn't uh, showing any type of brace or support for that knee. So that is certainly encouraging that hopefully this is a short-term injury. But on to Crawford now. Had to knock some rust off a little bit. Uh, but as he spoke with reporters after this uh, 4-2 victory over the Detroit Red Wings, getting his seventh victory of the year and getting this one under his belt after losing four straight personally. Kind of in between all plays, uh, sometimes uh, just little little details come easier when you're playing. Uh, but uh, just trying to get better as I go here. I know Mark Kelly asked you about the start off this home stand. 
fairly critical, I guess, even though it's early. Does that feel pretty good to get a victory? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have to be really good at home. Uh, we talked about that, and uh, these are big points coming up, so um, just going to take care of home mess. If there's a feeling in this room that you've got to put together three, four, five, six wins in a row to get back into No, we're just worried about next game. Uh, can't think too far ahead. Uh, you know, that's been saying that for years. Uh, just worry about the next game. That's all we can do. So, um, it's a big win for us. A good comeback and be ready for the next one. Were you guys confident after when you went down 2-0 that there was still plenty of time and weak enough opponent that you could come back? Uh, I don't know. That, that team plays pretty hard. Um, but I, don't, I think we didn't really we didn't uh, let up. We just kept playing. So, um, you know, if we do that, eventually we'll we'll get our chances and we'll score goals. So, um, you just can't let up. That's the only thing. Well, is there anything different about this game for you having not played for uh, four games in a row? Uh, it was a little rusty. Um, just some some small stuff around the posts. Uh, Got to get used to that. Some traffic too. Um, deciding which way to look and just little things like that. But uh, I'll get better. I'd imagine it might be a safe bet to think that uh, Corey might be in the net again for Tuesday's game against uh, Calgary um, as this homestand here continues. Who knows? You know, perhaps uh, Robin will be at practice, determine he feels good on Monday. That would be the best case scenario. But uh, you know, as as you bring him along here, no matter what the severity of it is, even if that is the case on um, uh, practice on Monday, uh, I would happen to think that Corey, uh, just based on him being healthy and getting a game under his belt, might get the nod against the Flames on Tuesday here at the United Center. Dylan Strome. Got the Hawks on the board. Uh, probably a big exhale as the Hawks were continuing to fight it about 35 minutes into this one. But he scored his 10th goal of the season. He now has, let's see here, three goals and six points over the course of the last five games. You'd like to see him get his game going on a line that's still been pretty good with Alex Dabrinkit and Kirby Dock, even though Dock hasn't gotten anything on the score sheet. And get this, Strom and Dabrinkit, the old buddies from the Erie Otters, have the exact same numbers on the season now. 10 goals, 20 assists for 30 points. And you would hope that they continue revving their offensive engines here. So uh, here's Dylan Strom with some of his thoughts after the game, including talking about the fact that Dylan Sakura, his fellow Dilly Dilly, finally got on the board in his NHL career with a very big goal just 45 seconds after he scored. Here's Dylan Strom with reporters after the 4-2 victory. Well, uh, how nice to come home and dig out of an 0-2 hole and come back and get two points. Yeah, I thought uh, we didn't play too bad to, to start. Just a couple of bad bounces, nice shot on the power play. Um, well, it's obviously nice to to get back on track um, that we actually played pretty good in Vancouver just not the results we wanted and um, been playing good besides that so gotta keep it going How much is it help that you guys have gotten this depth scoring these last few games here? Yeah I mean it's nice it's nice the goals are coming from each line um, I feel like we're when we can sustain pressure and uh, you know play four lines and, and we're just rolling them and um, I feel like our second periods have been great and you know that quick change and change in the ozone I think we, we stressed that and um, we've been doing it in the past you know two weeks or so and it's been it's been changing how much, did, how much did you enjoy seeing uh, Dylan get his, his first goal after you know watching last year? And, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, I, I hope there's a bench reaction. Um, we were going crazy on the bench for him. Obviously, you know, it sucks. I mean, 
took me 12 games, and you know I was thinking about it every single night, and I'm sure he was too. I think it took him, I'm not sure how many, 40 games or something. So, um, you know, he's thinking about it. Guy can score goals. He makes plays. He's been doing it, you know, since he's been here, and um, this is a matter of time. I think Taser said today that, that I think he said uh, he said he feels it today, sicky, and you know he kind of gets that all the time. But I think uh, this one stuck with him, and um, I put it right home. You got a stretch of home games now. How important is are these just to kind of get up closer to those playoff spots? Yeah. For sure, um, we haven't had the best home record, so got to find a way to you know to, to continue to be good, um, be good at home. We uh, you know kind of threw that seven home seven game home stand away at the beginning of the year, and you know didn't really take advantage of it. So I think it's our second longest this year, or four games. And um, like I said yesterday, got to get three, uh, hopefully four games. On paper, these are three beatable teams. Do you guys look at it like that at all? No, I think you know. You can't look at it like that. I think um, maybe the game before Christmas break, we, we took New Jersey a little too lightly, and they smashed us. So, um, you know, we, we definitely can't take any teams lightly. Um, NHL, any team can beat any team on any given night. So, um, you know, we've been playing uh, pretty good, but we got to keep it up. Was there a conscious effort to suit more opportunities? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think... You know, in the shots there, you got to take it. But I think, um, you know, the skill set a lot of guys on our team have. I think, you know, it's not it's not the you know not the worst thing to look for the the extra pass. And um, you know, I think we've been doing a good job of deciding when to shoot and, and when to pass. Was there any sense of desperation coming into the locker room after the first period, feeling too Yeah, I think for sure. I think there was by the players, and, and coach kind of kept us calm. You know, he he came in and said, you know, we're playing good. We're I think he he thought we were doing the right things, and um, the bounces were going to go our way. I think we all were, were pretty calm. Um, we had to get the energy level up a bit, but we did that, and um, I thought we had a great second and, and a great third. I'm sure it has to be encouraging seeing goals scored from from a group of younger guys. Yeah, I mean, our team our team has a you know. Uh, a lot of veterans and a lot of younger guys, so it's a it's a good mix. Um, a lot of guys with a lot of a lot of cup wins and a lot of experience. So, um, you know, not everyone's going to feel great every night. Um, some games the young guys aren't going to feel great, and and the uh, the veterans are going to step up. And you know, some games sometimes the veterans, like I said, uh, won't feel great, and sometimes the young guys got to. So um, that's a good mix, and you know, I, I like the way our team's playing. Dylan Strom, some nice work with his buddy Alex Dobrinkit to get the Hawks finally on the board there at the fifteen oh seven mark of the second period on Sunday, and uh, that kind of stoked the fires and the Blackhawks would eventually tie and then finally move ahead in the third period never look back finally pick up these two points that everyone kind of expected against the Detroit Red Wings coming a little bit harder than any everyone expected. Uh, finally, Dennis Gilbert played in his uh, 19th game for the Blackhawks this season uh, and uh, in Sunday's game uh, had, let's see, a little under 16 minutes of ice time. Uh, shared the team high with five hits, also added three blocked shots in this one. So for the season in 19 games, Dennis, uh, who scored a goal in that most recent home game, also adds a couple assists in those 19 games. He has 69 hits and 32 blocked shots over the course of that. And don't look now, but he hasn't had a fight in a while. I think his last one came against John Hayden. And we talk about that and his role as quote-unquote enforcer here, but uh, it's come very naturally in, in instances where Dennis has supplied that physicality and in certain cases eventually fisticuffs uh, within game situations. 
Um, you can make an argument that um, there, there's been a case or two where maybe he holds off until the, the next time you see a team. There was one case in that, like that against uh, Colorado. But for the most part, he has gained a whole lot of respect in that room. And even though the games defensively for Dennis here over the last two or three haven't been necessarily as sharp as they had been uh, in his first, uh, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 games, uh, Jeremy Carlton's sticking with him in the lineup. Says he's a young player. There are bound to be some mistakes, but uh, he earned that spot uh, at times uh, over Brent Seabrook being a healthy scratch. And eventually, now Seabrook and Calvin DeHaan, two veterans that this team was going to rely upon this season, they are now done for the season. And when I began this conversation with Dennis recently, we talked about him having this door of opportunity, and he's not happy about the fact that this opportunity opens at the expense of two very respected veteran teammates being injured. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you never want to see guys anywhere get hurt, especially teammates. Um, you know, and those are two pretty big pieces of our team, too. So um, it's, it's, I guess, a blessing in disguise in some ways for, you know, opportunity and things like that, that you mentioned. But um, I think it's more unfortunate than anything. And then as far, I mean, I don't really like to read into the situation, like, it's pro hockey, you know. Anything can change in a day with a trade or an injury like this or something like that. Like it, it can change all the time. So um, it's nice that maybe there might be a little more opportunity, but I'm not really looking into it as like, okay, I'm going to be here now or you know, whatever. I'm just trying to get better each day and show that um, you know, that I can bring something to the table for the team each day. What guys like like Brent and Calvin meant to you for your time up here? Been huge. Um, you know, Brent's. An amazing teammate. Um, you know, he's a. I, I like to say that we're friends now. He's a good friend too. Um, he's a good man, good person, and even with what he's been going through, he, you know, he's he's talked to me on numerous occasions. You know, if you ever want to come by the house or you know, watch some film or something, like he's very uh, goes out of his way to help out younger guys. And I mean, you see it with Kirby living with him. Um, but I think he goes beyond that, and he doesn't get nearly enough credit for for the kind of guy he is and the guy of teammate he is um, from everything that I've experienced. And then Calvin, new to the team, didn't know him at all before this. Um, he's an awesome guy. Uh, I remember when I was in Europe with the team at the beginning of the year, he invited me to dinner like the first night we were there and took care of dinner. Like Awesome guys, awesome teammates, and like really good players, but um, better people. What, what kind of feedback have you gotten here during you know uh, this this most recent stretch you've been called up from teammates, from coaches, and and, and how do you think you've done your job? Um, not not much feedback, to be honest. Uh, you don't you don't really get a whole lot, but I think just um, the nonverbal feedback of you know playing consistently, um, playing a consistent number of minutes in sort of different situations, and um, you know being trusted on the ice against. The McKinnon line or the Shifley line, stuff like that. Um, that helps give you a little confidence. And then, as far as with the team, I mean, I think just the team's pro- problem has never been positivity or um, you know keeping keeping things light. Like we a really group of guys, everyone's very supportive of each other. Um, and one thing that is really prominent, especially this time I've been up, but I've noticed it that more at least this time is little things are rewarded. So guys block shots, and everyone's tell them, hey, good job, you know, on the bench, then in the locker room at the end of the period, you guys, oh, remember that shot block by Carpy? Wow, that was unbelievable. You know, it's 
So I think that, that stuff's kind of contagious, and it makes guys want to do it even more when it's appreciated. So it's been good. I'm sure you feel the love, too, from your guys when, when you handle the, the tough jobs that you have handled here so far, when, when you need to stand up for some teammates. And, and um, they haven't been shy, it seems, in, in terms of uh, letting them know how, how grateful they are for, for what you've done and how you've uh, had their back, so to speak. Yeah, it's uh, not something that I'm crazy about doing all the time. Um, I've never done it this consistently in my life um, before, but so I think it's just kind of like there's just weird timings and stretches where it just kind of happens a little more frequently than others, and this has been one of those stretches for me. Um, but yeah, it's, I think the guys, you know, appreciate it just as they got. There, there have been times over my career the last couple of seasons where I take a big hit or take a cheap shot and. One of my teammates would, you know, jump in and, you know, handle the situation and kind of take it upon themselves to stick up for me. And I know that when I've done, had it done for me, it always feels really good. And you feel like, you know, it's a team that really cares about each other. And um, I feel like that's no different here. It's uh, guys seem to like it. It's not something that it's going to happen crazy frequent as it has. But I think that just having the willingness that you know in your room you have eight, ten guys that are willing to do that for a teammate or even more. Um, everyone plays a little bigger, everyone plays a little taller and um, I think it, it's good for guys knowing that you know, we have each other's backs and it doesn't matter if it's, I mean you've seen Dabrinka go after guys and do stuff and King go after guys and Taser so I think it's a lineup wide thing and it's contagious. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a uniform thing too because uh, we were just talking here before sitting down formally about you know, you and John having to go at it, former former Ice Hawks teammates too. How yeah. weird was that? It was a little weird. Um, I've known him for five, six years now, just from the draft and development camps and all that stuff, and all the college guys kind of group together and hang out and do stuff during that week. So I've known him for a while. And last year when I got called up at the end of the year, he was like one of the only guys I knew. Um, so he was talking to me all morning and talking about the different drills at morning skate and style of play and all, everything like that like he's just he's an awesome guy and um it's kind of funny that it works out that way but he's got a job to do and um you know so do i so no hard feelings after the game any contact with each other after the game or no yeah we said hi in the said hi in the hallway um but, you know that's a part of his game and something that he needs to bring um so i'm, I'm you know happy that he got a chance to do it it is uh, the home ice he used to play on fist bump no fist to the face that yeah, it was, it was a little pat on the pat on the side. Say, hey, how are you doing? Going back deeper as we wrap up here, I, I, I know you shared some of this a couple of weeks ago, and that your um, I don't know uh, passion for accountability has to do with uh, you know how you were raised, the family you were raised in, uh, what your dad did for a living, and, and that kind of all ties together with um, you know what you've been doing here since your call up too, right? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes back to. Just doing the right thing and trying to be a good person, and um, you know, I want to be someone that my parents are the man that I become proud of. So um, I guess that it's crept into this, and with some some questions I've gotten, how I've answered them. But yeah, it's just truthful, you know, how it's how I've been, how I was raised, and um, my parents mean a lot to me, and they're a big part of my life. Um, in contact with them all the time and just want to make them proud and just for you know uh, you know uh, background purposes your, your dad was a police officer in buffalo for for how, yeah, how many retired, years? retired police officer he's been in law enforcement he was in law enforcement for got close to 30 years retired a couple years ago he got hurt on the job so uh, those guys have a have a thankless job with all that they do and put up with and 
um, and go through. So I always, whenever I see police officers here, I always say, hey, what's up, how you doing? You know, get them a coffee or something. Like, those guys have a thankless job, and it's, it's hard hours, and it's hard on their families, and um, they do it for the community, and, you know, they're, for the most part, really good people. So uh, I know that I've always looked up to my dad for being a good man, and I know that a lot of his morals kind of derail for, or derive from that. So um, I kind of have a soft spot, I guess you will, for law enforcement, firefighters, um, you know, stuff like that. Great catching up with uh, Dennis Gilbert. Uh, again, that was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, again, uh, ho-hum. We haven't seen him drop the gloves here. Sure, as soon as I say that, we're going to see some action here in the rest of this homestand. But Dennis Gilbert, uh, plug it in really well so far for the Blackhawks here on the blue line. He's become a fan favorite and a favorite within that locker room. So as we wrap up here and sign off, after the Blackhawks do eventually take care of business here against the Detroit Red Wings, that leaves them at 44 points, back above 500 for, uh, by one game as they prepare to hit, take on a Calgary team. That won, of course, in another three-point game on Sunday in a shootout at Minnesota. And as we speak, Edmonton and Calgary are holding down the two wildcard spots at 49 points. That's five points better than the Blackhawks. However, the gap could be even wider because by the time the Blackhawks take the ice on Tuesday, Edmonton and Winnipeg will have played. Edmonton also standing at 49 points. They're at Toronto on Monday night. Meantime, Winnipeg at 48 points. They're at Montreal on Monday night. So we could be looking at a gap of six points for the Blackhawks uh, still to play catch up here. They finished business Sunday five points behind uh, Calgary holding that uh, second wild card spot. Actually, the same number of points as Edmonton uh, here after Sunday night's action, but it could be a point greater difference from five to six by the time the Blackhawks take the ice in another, as you know, I said the team, very important game on Tuesday against Calgary. Then they take on a Nashville team that is right there, neck and neck with the Blackhawks, even though Nashville has a couple of games in hand. The Blackhawks are right there with a disappointing Predators team, to be quite honest, so far this season. And um, so Nashville will be in here on Thursday, and then you take on an Anaheim team that is bringing up the rear in the Western Conference um, here along with Los Angeles to wrap up this homestand on Saturday. After that, the Blackhawks will play 14 of their next 19, as we said, on the road between Saturday night's game against Anaheim and then the first couple days of March. So Blackhawks on the road, which, quite frankly, might be a better thing with the way they've been playing uh, here lately. Once again, we want to uh, congratulate Joe Brand, as we said at the very top. Hopefully he's enjoying a couple days with his uh, lovely wife, Allison, after their marriage on Saturday. And uh, we will have him back here for our next podcast, which will come after that Saturday night game against Anaheim. We will have the uh, wrap-up from the four-game homestand for you come Sunday morning. So check on that. We encourage you to subscribe to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast presented by FanList on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, or you can also find the links, as always, on WGNRadio.com. And Joe and myself and our great producer, Curtis Koch, will uh, tweet out the links to those podcasts as well, both this one and ones down the road. But again, we encourage you to uh, subscribe on iTunes uh, backslash Apple Podcasts. So for our producer, Curtis Koch, for the absent Joe brand, for Troy Murray, Dominic Kubelik, and everyone, we want to thank you for listening to this edition of the Black Hawks Crazy Podcast presented by FanList, and we'll come back at you on Sunday morning. We'll see how the Blackhawks do on this four-game homestand. How about that? He's won it! Go!
the Hawks win the Stanley Cup. Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Tell a friend, subscribe, and join the conversation. And follow the guys on Twitter, at Bowden Tweets, and at Joe underscore brand one. That was great.